0: Listening to Shift, the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce podcast. As the catalyst for business success, convener of leaders and influencers, and champion for our thriving community, the Lakeland Chamber will bring you weekly conversations with those working to secure Lakeland's future. Here's your host, Lakeland Chamber President and CEO, Corey Skates.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to the next episode of SHIFT. I am Chamber President and CEO Corey Skates, and we are pleased to be joined today by Jackie Gilbert. She is Senior Vice President of Enterprise Risk Management at Suncoast Credit Union. Welcome.
2: Good morning, Corey. Thank you for having
1: me. So today we're going to talk about individuals suffering financial hardship and being aware of scams because I'm sure there's a lot of that going on right now. Unfortunately, people are still taking advantage of individuals and I know a lot of people out there are suffering right now. So we want to talk about some of those topics this morning. So we'll jump right into some questions, starting with questions regarding financial hardship. What do you do when you're faced with the inability to pay your monthly bills?
2: That's a tough one and definitely apparent to what we're going through right now. I think the first thing that we need to do is you need to identify all your obligations. And then you need to prioritize them. You might not want to put your unsecured or your credit card at the top of the list. Focus is food, mm-hmm. utility, your mortgage, maybe even your car payment. That gets you to and from work if you're actually working at this point. once you've identified all your obligations and prioritize them you need to look at what your resources are for income and that's not just what you're coming in from your income of your salary but also friends family church what are those resources and then start applying those to the obligation i think at this point you would also need to tap into Food banks, Metropolitan Ministries, Feeding Tampa Bay, all those resources are available Mm -hmm. and need to be looked at as part of your income.
1: Are you seeing a lot at Suncoast? Are you hearing from some of your clients in terms of issues that they're having specifically?
2: Unfortunately, we are. Mm -hmm. We have a high unemployment right now, definitely Mm -hmm. doubled since this time last year. We are working with our members with different type of solutions, depending on what the need is. It could be short-term or it could be long-term solutions.
1: So when is the best time to reach out for help? Is there any specific time better than any other?
2: Communication is key, (laughs) that is for sure. I think what's important is to communicate as early as possible. It's easier to work out solutions and provide financial education early on rather than once they become severely delinquent.
1: Is there anybody specific at Suncoast that they would reach out to?
2: Yes, absolutely. We actually have a department called Member Solutions. Some people call it collections, but we Mm -hmm. don't because we really feel that our job is to understand the member's financial hardship and identify or even develop the proper solution to help them come out of this stronger Mm -hmm. than ever before.
1: That's great. So what kind of solutions does Suncoast Credit Union offer for individuals that are suffering financial hardship?
2: Well, I think that all depends on what product they have with us. So let's start with the mortgage, which is one of your biggest and most important obligations that you have. With that, we have up to 90-day extension Hmm. where the payment is forgiven for the first 90, and then it actually gets put on at the back of the mortgage. We have a mortgage workout program where we could possibly forbear the payment, Mm -hmm. where you only pay interest and a piece of the principal. And then we also have a restructure, so we were able to maybe consider restructuring the mortgage. And some of those similar products, forbearances, modification, extensions, fall across your autos your credit cards Mm -hmm. as well they just have different payment structures with them
1: right and we've tried to do that at the chamber with our investors as well we've offered 90-day deferrals on their renewal payments we've offered monthly payment options now because we want people to stay involved and stay active but we certainly understand the circumstances that they're going through right now so that's great that you have those options at Suncoast are all financial institutions offering the same types of solutions right now
2: well, I believe that all financial institutions are offering solutions. I don't know if they're the same. So I would actually recommend the consumer to reach out as early as possible, communicate with their financial institutions, let them know what's going on, and understand what solutions they have available and help decide for themselves. Don't be pushed into a solution unless that's what you think is best for your your search your situation
1: so at Suncoast are you still seeing individuals coming in opening new accounts transferring accounts things like that
2: well, at this time, our branch lobbies are closed right. where we do have the drive-throughs open as mm-hmm. well as our interactive teller machines so they can transact business. So opening up memberships is difficult through the lobby, of course, right. but they can go online to www.suncoastcreditunion.com and open a, apply for membership through online channels.
1: Great. How can I be sure I'm getting a solution that'll work for my particular situation?
2: You know, as I was stating earlier, it's really important to be transparent with your financial institution listen to all the solutions, challenge the solutions. Mm -hmm. And then when you get the paperwork, you really need to read it and understand it. And if there's questions, reach back out to your financial institution. Also, check with family and friends see if they can help you understand it if you have challenge, but make sure that you understand what it is that you're getting into.
1: Yeah, because I know that's been some of the issues with the recent CARES Act in terms of the paperwork that's come along with that. There have been a lot of people that have had a lot of questions and come in and their paperwork has been not completed correctly and that caused them to maybe not be eligible for some of those loans and grant opportunities. So always be sure that your paperwork's in order, and if you don't understand it, I'm sure you have a family member or a friend who probably can help you through that. So will my credit be negatively impacted because of the issues with financial hardship right now?
2: Well, it could. All financial institutions have to adhere to the Federal Credit Reporting Act. And so it depends on what the reporting requirements are there. So I would definitely ask that question to your financial institution.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of people out there, I'm sure, right now struggling to pay their credit cards and things like that. So it was good that you talked earlier about how to prioritize and make sure that the specific loans that are the most needed are paid initially. So... All right, we're going to change the topic conversation a little bit to risk management. I'm sure there's a lot of scams going on out there right now. Unfortunately, people taking advantage of things. I've heard of individuals going to look for their stimulus checks and finding out someone had already taken theirs and used it for themselves. Unfortunately, people do take advantage of individuals during hard times. It is unfortunate that this is happening and that criminals are coming out of the woodwork and being more aggressive. So what types of scams are you seeing as it relates to the current situation?
2: The stimulus check is one of the number one scams that we're seeing. We're also seeing toolkit scams, social security, suspicious activity, mm-hmm. phishing scams are huge right, right. now.
1: And those are still going on. I know we see those at the office. We'll get the emails and we try to be aware of which ones to click on, which ones to not click on. But sometimes, you know, they're pretty good at disguising who it's coming from. So how do you recognize a scam? What should we be looking for?
2: So let's start with the phishing scams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the best way to do that is hover over the email address. And if there's any numbers or characters or misspelling, that's kind of the top three things to look mm-hmm. for, as well as in the body. One, is it from someone you know, and were you expecting it? And if there's a link on it, unless you verify that email, don't click on the link, because that's how the malware gets into your system. Right. Another thing is phone calls. They are calling up and saying that you have suspicious activity with your Social Security. They're going to hold your check unless you call. Right. Then when you call, they want your account number and your, or your debit card number. If you didn't initiate that call to someone you know, then just disconnect the call. Uh, another thing's going on is door knocking. Mm-hmm. They're actually starting to do the door knock to sell their personal protection equipment like hand sanitizer and oh. gloves and masks. keep yourself safe. If you don't know the person at the door, don't open it. Mm-hmm.
1: Are there any particular groups you're seeing more susceptible right now?
2: Unfortunately, our senior group yeah. are still the most vulnerable and the ones that's being attacked more often and, right. and, and quicker.
1: That's unfortunate. It is. So what are the best ways to protect yourself against a scam?
2: I think the best way to protect yourself is, again, know who you're speaking to, know who you're communicating to, change your passwords often, Mm -hmm. and and then check your activity, if you can, daily since you can get online to most places, and check your activity. If not daily, at least weekly, and report any unusual or suspicious activity as quickly as possible.
1: Very good advice. So how long have you been with Suncoast?
2: Uh, this December will be 25 years. Oh, wow.
1: Congratulations. Oh, you're welcome. I so, love it. So where were you previously?
2: I was at Chase Manhattan Bank. Oh,
1: okay. All right. That's yeah. the bank, actually, I started with when I was, I think, 16 years old growing up in New York State. Oh. That was the only bank in my town, believe it or not, was a Chase Bank. So, yeah, yeah, that was the first bank I ever dealt with. So we like to put some personal feel into our podcast. So what are you missing most right now in the new situation that we're going through? Hugs. Yeah, I am a
2: hugger, and <laughs> I you know walk up to everybody at work, and I give hugs, and I just miss my team. Yeah. They're so awesome and caring, mm-hmm. and I just really miss them. I'm in a habit of sending a weekly video to them. Oh, that's great! And uh, include a joke just to bring some humor to the situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you do the Zoom meetings like everybody else?
2: Zoom, go to Teams. We use every possible solution to have that face-to-face and still have that interaction.
1: That's good. I interviewed Alicia Martin recently. I know she has a lot of fun with these meetings, from what she was telling me, with costumes and backgrounds, and she said she loves Suncoast because they let me be me and let me have a lot of fun with it. That's great. So what's going to be the first thing you're going to want to do once this is all over and done with and we can go back to normal society as normal as possible? What's the first thing you would want to do?
2: Go back to church. Yeah. I, I love it online, but again I love having us come together as one.
1: Yeah, that's one of my top five too. I'm actually the clerk for my church, so it's been really difficult to sit at home on watching it on YouTube right now and not being able to interact. But I'm so fortunate that that our pastor's been out there doing weekly devotionals and Our youth pastor's been working with the kids. Every Sunday at 4 o'clock, they jump on a a Zoom meeting and they get to have some fun. So that's been great. So anything else that's going on at Suncoast that we should be aware of?
2: You know, we focus right now on just taking care of our members, making sure their basic needs are are met. We're working with our member business unit Mm -hmm. to work as quickly and as efficiently as possible to be able to apply for the Paycheck Protection Program and just be in there for them.
1: Yeah, and as we're recording this, this is actually the week where they're refunding the Paycheck Protection Program and putting more money back into that. So hopefully our businesses will be out there applying this morning if they hadn't already. So we'll see how that all goes. Well, Jackie, we appreciate you coming in and all that Suncoast does and sponsoring our Good Day Lakeland program that we have throughout the year and hopefully we'll get those back on track soon maybe doing the first couple virtually but we're looking forward to those opportunities to be in person again and give those hugs and say hi to everybody so once again we appreciate you joining us today
0: thank
2: you and it was great to be here
0: hi listeners my name is sarah breed and i am the lakeland chambers chief operating officer and we are turning the tables a little bit to hear from our president and ceo corey skate so i'm going to be your guest host for this session (laughs) Hi, Corey.
1: Hi, Sarah, how are you?
0: Good, how are you? I am great. So Corey, as Florida begins its reopening process, there are so many unknowns. Well, mm-hmm. this whole thing has been one giant unknown. Mm-hmm. But recently, to help navigate this process, you proposed to the City of Lakeland's Commission an idea for a Reopen Lakeland Task Force. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the details of this task force and how the idea came about?
1: Sure. This was something that we had been working on based upon information we had gotten from the Florida Chamber and the U.S. Chamber and other partners we've been working with, saying that it was good to have something on a local level in terms of a task force to kind of look at what we want our city to be after we come out of COVID-19. So we. Uh, Started having that conversation at our last board meeting, which was a week or so ago, and the board loved the idea and said, let's put something together as a proposal, take it to the city commission and see if they buy into it. And then hopefully we would be able to help them put this group together. Not all of our people, but give them an opportunity to have others involved in the decision making and then ultimately have the city commission approve the group and get started.
0: That was going to be my question. Even though you came up with this idea initially, it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily a chamber initiative, correct?
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah, we just came up with the idea originally, again, based upon conversations we had had with some of our partners and thought it was a good idea to be able to have a conversation, not necessarily talking about when we reopen things, but what we want to look like, have a visioning opportunity and talk about what do we do if this happens again. We want to be better prepared. We want to be able to get input from various different industries and segments of our society. We've got nonprofits involved. We've got retail. We have restaurants. We have healthcare. We've got minority communities represented. Presented, so we wanted to make sure we had a good cross-section so we could hear from all different diverse views.
0: So why is a local task force needed? You talked a little bit about what the state and the the nation's doing. Why is something local really important?
1: We thought it was important to have a local task force because we are a unique community and we wanna stay that way after we come out of this. Having the conversations with our individuals here on a local level gives us a great perspective in terms of what our restaurants are talking about and what our retail is talking about and what needs there might be in some of our communities. There may have been issues that were going on prior to COVID that have really ramped up and become more noticeable because of it. So I think being able to have an opportunity to talk to our local residents, get their feedback, there may be things going on at the state and federal level that they don't agree with right now. I know some of our restaurants are struggling with the ideas of reopening because they don't know if they're adequately prepared, they're not sure whether the customers are gonna come back. So they want to be able to have some feedback and input into the process, and I think it's important to hear that dialogue from our local constituency.
0: So you mentioned all the different industries and sectors Mm -hmm. of town that are going to be represented at this task force. Can you share maybe a few of the individuals who have said yes, so people can get an idea of of the individuals that are on this task force?
1: Sure, we've got different pastors from around town. We've got Tim Calhoun from Fresco's who gives a good restaurant perspective. Dr. Craig Collins is going to be facilitating the conversation, so he'll be a great person to have with his perspective on the arts community. Of course, the mayor is gonna be sharing this task force, because we wanted to have our leader of our community be the person at the top of this because he's ultimately going to be the one spreading the message and, and he's looked to when it comes to decisions. Having the mayor involved is incredibly important. Tony Delgado, our city manager, will be involved. Several representatives from the minority community. Lots of different representatives from education. Jackie Bird, our superintendent of schools. Dr. Falconetti from Polk State College. So we've got a wide mm-hmm. variety of individuals who are going to be involved in this and hopefully give us different perspectives.
0: Sounds like really. Really great group.
1: It is. I think there's about 36. So it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but we're certainly looking forward to all of their different viewpoints.
0: Well, there's just so many important groups to represent. So it's great mm-hmm. that you have a, a comprehensive list.
1: Yeah. And I know, unfortunately, there's some individuals that were hoping to be on the task force that unfortunately aren't, but we had to limit the number because we didn't want it to be too unruly and mm-hmm. have too many voices in the room. But we certainly encourage people to send me emails if they had suggestions, uh, send things to the mayor if they've got any ideas that they want to have talked about during these and I think it's important to have that open dialogue because certainly we tried to get as many different segments represented but I'm sure there's some we've forgotten and some voices are going to feel left out so we encourage you to reach out to me at the chamber c-s-k-e-a-t-e-s at lakelandchamber.com with any questions or input that you have that you want us to talk about.
0: Perfect. So, of course, this is a go. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking about all the individuals that have already said yes, but what was the opinions of the city commission when you when you presented this to them?
1: Yeah, I think there was some confusion initially uh, just in terms of whether we were going to be stepping over what the state and what the federal government were saying in terms of when we could reopen and what industries could be impacted. But I had told them from the start that that was never the intent of this, which is why it wasn't necessarily important to be lined up with when the state was making their decisions. Decisions on when we could reopen. We're looking at more about how we want to be as a community going forward, how we want to be represented, what we want to look like. It's given us an opportunity to vision going forward. You know, how do we want to keep Lakeland unique and the beautiful community that it is? So I think being able to weigh those different things and just have this diverse group, being able to meet and talk, I think is incredibly important.
0: So what is the timeline for the task force?
1: We're currently just having conversations. I know the city commission's going to be meeting to talk about this shortly. We're we're hoping within the next couple weeks to be able to get started because we want to be as close to and lockstep with the state with all of their decisions that they're making so that we know what's coming down from them and can make decisions based upon that.
0: So let's jump for just a second to what's going on in the state. Could mm-hmm. you share a little bit about phase one and what Governor DeSantis has unveiled for this reopen Florida?
1: Sure. He's looked at mostly restaurants and retail right now. Restaurants and retail can reopen for patrons at a 25 percent ratio. Also restaurants can open patios, but they have to stay at that six foot distance that we're talking about with social distancing. So that was the major component of that. Unfortunately, certain industries like one that I wish would reopen, like barbershops and hairdressers, (laughs) unfortunately aren't included in that. I know the city has stepped up and reopened a lot of the parks. Golf courses are going to be available again. People can go walk on Hollinsworth again now that the Mm -hmm. trail has been redone. So there's a lot of encouragement to get outside. A lot of beaches have been reopened, but I appreciate the governor in his strategy to do this carefully and make sure that he's listening to facts and not playing upon fears Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what the Florida Chamber's been saying is facts not fear and making sure that we do this in a way that walks that delicate balance between public safety and making sure our people are getting back to work getting their businesses open and getting paychecks again so I think he's done a good job I'll be interested to see when phase two comes about Mm -hmm. but I think it's gonna be interesting just to see how this goes over the next few weeks and monitoring it and I'm I'm sure that our citizens in Florida will abide by the rules and make sure that, that we can move on to phase 2
0: Mm-hmm. So what are you hearing from local businesses? Are they ready to open or are they cautious? Yeah,
1: we've got a mixed bag mm-hmm. when it comes to that. We've had some say, I'm ready to go. I've got all my PPE equipment that I need to reopen. I've got all the sterilization things that I need to do. I can move my tables far enough apart and they're ready to go forward and many of them have already opened that today is Monday when we're recording this, so this is May the 4th, the first day that we could do this, so some of them are doing that, but I actually visited one this morning that was still just doing takeout and curbside and, and things like that because I don't think that they're ready, and mm-hmm. some of them are concerned that they're not going to have their patrons back immediately, and sure. that 25% really doesn't justify them going full out and reopening their dining rooms and reopening their retail establishments at this point, and a lot of them just want to be extra safe. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are still concerned about what's going on out there, rightfully so, so we're getting mixed views a little bit here and there, but we're just excited that we see our businesses starting to rehire. That's been the most encouraging thing for me. I've for seen sure. a lot of posts on social media, hiring a new cook, hiring wait staff, hiring front desk. So it's exciting to see people getting hired back to work.
0: For sure. And it's important to plug in if you are a chamber investor, we have a job postings page. So mm-hmm. please let us know if you want to get on that page to help promote the jobs you have available. Yeah,
1: we have that as well as we're encouraging people. If you're open for business again, please post that on our Facebook page or send us an email and let us know so that we can get the word out that your business is open under these phase one restrictions. Mm
0: -hmm. Can you share for a minute just what's going on with the chamber in terms of, you know, when do you think we might reopen? You know, we've been closed for weeks now. Mm -hmm. What's going on with the chamber?
1: Yeah, so we've been actually open for business, but in different locations. (laughs) We got some staff home. We got some of us that need to get into the office just for that regular way of life. But we're looking at what the city does. We're taking guidance from them. We're waiting to see when they start to reopen their facilities and we'll probably do that with them you know in the same same type of time frame because we do a lot of work with the city our convention of visitors bureau Jackie Johnson running that show they do a lot in conjunction with the city so I thought it was probably appropriate to start talking to the staff about coming back once the city opens their buildings back up and I'm looking forward to it personally mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting the whole crew back together and being in the office and feeling more cohesive it's tough to have to do all our meetings via zoom and see everybody in in different locations and being able to have that teamwork environment really means a lot so I'm looking forward to that
0: yeah definitely I mean thank goodness we have zoom and platforms Mm -hmm. like that but at the same time it can't compensate for real human interaction that's for sure yeah so back to the task force you Mm -hmm. know what what's your greatest hope for this task force
1: I think the greatest hope is that we get some answers to questions that may have been hanging out there for a long time. I think this really gives us an opportunity to hear from some segments of our community that we probably don't do a good enough job reaching out to. That's why we were very specific in terms of categories that we wanted represented. And I think it gives us an opportunity to see what's happening on the front lines, see how this has been impacting different communities and making sure that going forward, we're better prepared but also are able to provide whatever resources they need right now to help get them past this, because there's there's a lot of struggles going on out there, even for us as a chamber. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been struggling just trying to figure out different things with our budget and different events that we do. We were joking the other day that we're based upon mass gatherings and membership, which mm-hmm. are two things that are not really happening in very high degree right now. And we've also not been able to apply for PPP funding because we're a 501c6 organization that wasn't included. So it's been more of a struggle for us just because of our heavy reliance on those face-to-face meetings, as well as membership dues, because we rely on our small businesses to be able to fund us to continue our activities. And their focus right now needs to be on keeping their doors open, Mm -hmm. keeping their lights on, keeping their employees paid. So I can understand why we're a secondary thought in terms of what they're spending their money on. And it makes complete sense to me. So it's been difficult for us as well. It's been tough seeing the struggles of other businesses, but we've been facing them as well. So I think it's given me a really good perspective that we're not immune from this. I think everybody's been impacted. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any real industry that hasn't been in one way or another. Even the ones that have been very successful throughout this and have seen their revenues go up, they've been impacted. They've had to make changes and as have we. And a lot of those I think will keep going forward. I think you're going to see virtual elements to most of the events we do going forward, even after we're able to do face-to-face meetings. I think there's some people that may not feel safe coming to meetings for a little while and we want to give them an opportunity to be involved. And there may be other things that we continue to do fully online. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's allowing us to meet people where they are. Some of our investors that can never attend anything are now saying, wow, I can actually go because you're doing it on Zoom, or I can take a break and listen to it, have you down in the bottom corner of my screen and still be able to feel like I'm getting value and and getting input from the chamber with that timely, relevant information that we're always wanting to get out. So Sarah, since you've been asking all the questions, (laughs) I'm going to turn the tables back on you and have you talk a little bit about some of the events we have coming up in May, because we do still have events going going on yes they are virtual yes we would rather do these in person but I think there's a lot of fun that's gonna come from doing these virtually especially because of the topics
0: yeah I think so I mean we've had so far two virtual happy hours mm-hmm. and those have been great we've had trivia and never have I ever and gift cards you know mm-hmm. we're utilizing our own gift card incentive program that we started oh, been and great. so I, I think they have been a lot of fun we've got some really interesting things coming up for May so one is we're gonna do another virtual happy hour, but this one's going to be a little bit different. We're Mm -hmm. actually not going to announce it just yet. We will be in the next couple of days, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit more interactive in in what you're going to see and what you're going to be able to do. So I think that that's going to be a really great event, so don't miss it. And then another one is our Good Day Lakeland series. You know, we started off with a bang Mm -hmm. with the state of the city, state of the county, and then the next month we had a great program speed networking, Mm -hmm. and then this it. And on top of just not being able to meet, speed networking yeah. right now is a well, little bit difficult.
1: Yeah. And we were prefacing it with, come shake hands. Yeah. It's like, no, don't shake hands. Yeah. yeah six feet. <laughs>
0: so we're going to be starting that again. We're going to have an online platform back to Zoom. But this topic is safe families and technology, which right. we already had that scheduled for this year mm-hmm. with the Polk County Sheriff's Office. But it's even more relevant now than it was before. So yeah. You know, they're going to be talking about keeping your business safe, but more in particularly how to keep your family safe. Because kids and teenagers, they're, of course, into technology more than any other generation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't know what they're doing and what they're seeing. And so they're going to expose some of those apps and things that are dangerous for your family. That
1: was a real eye-opener. I know when we went and had that done for us during Leadership Lakeland, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was frightening to see some of the things that are out there for kids and just making parents, grandparents, people who have friends with kids, making them aware so that they can let them know, hey, you better keep an eye on this because it's, it's some scary stuff.
0: It is, and I go through that program every single year going on the Leadership Lakeland Days, and every year there's some new app or some new yeah. thing that I didn't learn about last year, so it's ever-changing. Mm-hmm. So, and we will get back to the speed networking topic in a couple of months when people finally are ready to be in the same room with one another. Right. And then next month we're going to be doing a topic on education, which is really important right now. What is education going to look like in the future? Because right. so many changes. So, we've got some very relevant topics to, to keep our investors in and community-informed.
1: That's good. Well, that's all great information, Sarah, and I appreciate you taking the opportunity to interview me today and changing it up a little bit, so that was exciting. Hopefully I didn't do too bad a job getting the information out there. I'm more used to asking the questions than being asked. So
0: No, it was a lot of it. fun. I think we should do this table-turning <laughs> more often.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see about that. We'll see <laughs> how that works. Well, we appreciate you listening once again, and we look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Shift.
0: Thank you for listening to Shift, the Lakeland Chamber of Commerce podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. For past episodes of Shift and additional information about what's happening in our business community, visit us at lakelandchamber.com.